Welcome to another edition of The Chat. I'm Catherine Glasby, Public Information Director for Chatham County. And behind the scenes today is Nick Beard, our video producer. Hello, Nick. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Chat. So Nick is is not on camera with us, but you may hear his voice throughout the episode uh, because he may have some questions to, to throw in there. And also joining me today is... Hi, I'm Abby Murphy. Um, I'm the Public Information Assistant for Chatham County. And joining us here is Dr. Harper. Good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Good morning, Dr. Harper. You have been on a couple episodes of the chat with us in the past, um, and you've told us a little bit about yourself, but tell us again in case they haven't seen another episode. So I'm a veterinarian, graduated from the University of Georgia, go dogs, in 2002. <laughs> um, I've been private practice for many, many years, up until like, I don't remember the exact year, 2016, 2017, where I came to work at the animal shelter. Um, I was a veterinarian there, and then I was moved up into the position of director, and I've been director there since two for almost two and a half, almost three years. Wow, that seems hard to believe yeah, that it's, it's been that long. Wow, well, yeah. Um, we're we're so happy to have you uh, as our director over at Animal Services. You've done a, a lot of things. I think while we've talked about in other episodes, it's not necessary for the Animal Services director to be a veterinarian. It does kind of change the dynamic that you are. Um, because you're able to assess the animals a little bit more, make sure everybody's healthy. Um, you you know more about the process in which you need to keep animals healthy, um, all those things. And, and I want to mention right off the bat that we do have other episodes uh, of this podcast with you. We've talked about rabies vaccinations mm-hmm. and why you should vaccinate your animals. Um, we've also talked about our adoption center um, over at 7211 uh, Sally Mood Drive. Um, they're open six days a week, yes. every day except for Wednesday, from one to four thirty for people to come in and adopt animals. Um, we always have a plethora of animals to look through um, that are needing good homes, so we encourage that. Um, I kind of want to today talk about the other stuff that Animal Services does. Um, you guys, you handle a lot of things that don't have to do with adoptions and you don't have to do with rabies. So let's talk about that a little bit today. Give us an idea of what some of that is. So we used to be animal control Mm -hmm. and I think that's why we were established at first because there is, you know, just across the country and across, across Georgia, there are issues that need to be dealt with. You know, whether it's stray animals, whether it's animals that bite, whether it's dangerous animals, those kind of things. So there was animal control. And then from that, we kind of evolved over the years. After we left the police department, came over to the county, we became animal services. So the adoption part of it is kind of a byproduct of what we really Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. And as animal services, you know, we're responsible for enforcing all the ordinances, you know, all the animal-related ordinance in Chatham County. You know, that includes Savannah. We help out with, we help out in the municipalities. But mainly we're, we're focused on unincorporated Chatham County and city of Savannah. Right. Um, that's anything from dogs at large to nuisance animals to bite cases to, you know, just issues with domestic animals, dogs and cats. Yeah, you guys don't deal with uh, with wildlife. We don't deal with wildlife. We, you know, that typically can be referred out to the Department of Natural Resources. Um we can assist sometimes, but that's not our focus. Our focus are domestic sure. animals. Um, 
we are complaint based as far as okay. that as far as the service part of our 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 processes we're complaint based meaning we aren't while we do patrol and we are driving you know, officers are driving around you know driving around the county it's not something where you know if they see a stray dog they don't necessarily go pick it up okay i mean we you know it, it, it kind of depends on the officer but because of the the um staffing that we have we're complaint based i mean if you call us you would call us for service call for you know if you notice a stray dog in the neighborhood if you notice you know notice something that you think might be you know suspicious as far as like you know neglect or cruelty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something like that then that's something to call us about that's and that's something that we will go out and investigate and do that with it's not something that we um like I said, we're not out there all the time doing patrols like you would with the police department where they're doing it. And the police department does some of this stuff too, but we're, our main focus is just on animal-related things. So let's talk about if you have a an animal that has bitten you, your neighbor's cat or dog bit you. Um, what what happens then? So that's an emergency. Mm-hmm. And typically... You know, it wouldn't be the wrong thing to do if you were bitten by an animal to call 911. 911 would route the call to route, route the dispatch to one of our officers. One of our officers would be out dispatched. The police department would probably be dispatched as well. Mm-hmm. And we assist them in filing bite reports um, and doing going through the processes, you know, contacting the health department. The health department contacts you as far as what to do with yourself. Right. You know, as far as the animals go, ideally, when we have bite cases like that, if it's a known animal, we'd like to know where it is, where it lives, so we can investigate that. The vaccine mm-hmm. status of the animal. Sure. Those things. If it's an unknown animal, it's a stray, if it's possible to contain that animal, that's the ideal situation. Because, you know, as we talked about in our rabies talk, um, rabies is, pro- is the biggest thing to deal with, with with bite cases. If we have the animal, mm-hmm. we can go through processes to determine whether or not it's been vaccinated for rabies or test it for rabies. That's a whole nother ball game. But the biggest thing is having the new animal. If we don't know the animal, if it's a, you know, it's a stray dog that runs off into the woods, then the assumption has to be made that that animal is rabid. Okay. And in that case, that opens up the whole ball of wax and you're going to the doctor getting, you know, rabies prophylaxis, that kind of stuff. And it's always a decision that your doctor makes. It's not a, it's not our decision. But that's what I always tell people. If you're bitten by an animal, attacked by an animal, scratched, whatever, try to contain the animal. Okay. And if you can't, it's okay. Yeah. But, you know, give us an idea. We can try to, you know, we've had times where we've had dogs attack you know, people that we've put dog traps out to try to catch the dog because the dog, a known mm-hmm. dog in the neighborhood that we've been looking for, that kind of thing. But now the biggest thing is to report bites. We have, you know, I talk a lot about bite cases with people and, you know, we get a lot of bites that aren't reported. And I mean, even bites of your family dog to your kids or yourself mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, those, those should be reported. It doesn't criminalize them. It doesn't mean that they have to be, right. you know, euthanized or they have to be quarantined or anything like that. I mean, typically a bite is quarantined with their current rabies. They can be quarantined at your house. Mm-hmm. But it's good to know these things happen because... We see a lot of really serious bites that may or may not have been prevented if the earlier, more minor bites had been reported. Right. Um, sometimes it can be an education of how to handle your animals. Um, you know, animals, if you have them, you know that you don't come up to them and you don't just start 
poking on them because right. they're, oh. they're, they're going to bite you. And a lot of times that happens with young children. I know yeah. you've experienced this with, with your daughter mm-hmm. and you have a young daughter and a, a dog. She can't just go up to, to Zelda and go. No, we've been teaching her boundaries and yes, pet the dog here. Don't pet her tail. Don't poke her in the face. Yeah, we've been trying to teach those boundaries because they'll get irritated and honestly, rightfully so, because you wouldn't want that either. Exactly. And I think sometimes the education on those things are are very important. Sometimes you're going to have a dog that's just aggressive um, and you're going to have bite and that kind of thing. Let's let's kind of go down that, that line for a minute and let's talk about aggressive dogs and dangerous dogs. Right. So, we want you to report anything. You know, we want those things reported. If we have aggressive, you know, dogs that are, like, chasing people, dogs that are, you know, acting aggressive in any manner, those typically, those are emergencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are things, those are kind of our priority calls. And those are priority calls 24-7. Like, if that happens at night, then typically what happens is you call 911, 911 contacts an officer that's on call, and they go out, on, they go out with the officers. At night, we typically have to be a police officer has to be with us for safety purposes. Sure. But we'll go out on these aggressive dog calls. Um, typically those are ones that we hopefully, we hopefully contain those dogs. We hopefully can catch those dogs. But what I will tell people, and this is something that's, this can be frustrating for the public. It's frustrating for us is typically dogs at large that are just at large mm-hmm. will remain at large. You know, the percent, the highest percentage of them, they just do like that's, mm-hmm. There's so many places for them to go. There's so many things that they can do that, that we just, we don't catch. It's not like you watch the old um, droopy cartoons right. with the dog catcher. He's out with a net catching every dog, never lose, never misses a dog. It's mm-hmm. It happens. And in those cases, you know, we have other things, you know, setting up traps and those things that we can mm-hmm. set in areas that are problems. We, our officers do carry dart guns with them. Mm-hmm. They are able to dart these, but... It, but and there, it's a sedative in the darts. The problem with that is it's not an it's not like the movies, yeah. where you get you know they give you an injection or a dart and you immediately go down. These animals are still moving around, so they we don't like to do them in a populated area. We don't like to use dart guns around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like to use dart guns around real busy streets because these animals become sedated and stumble into traffic and get hit by a car and then cause a whole yeah, another right. mess. Um, we don't like to do it by bodies of water because same thing. Mm-hmm. You dart them, they run off into the woods, something happens oh, and we end up, right. a dog that we've darted to catch ends up dying from some other reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're very, we don't, you know, we don't, we're not haphazardly using the dart guns, but we do have them. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, you know, the biggest thing I can tell people is you know, with aggressive animals, especially when they're charging you or whatever else, mm-hmm. that's a really not the greatest time to use a dart gun because it doesn't stop them from attacking people. Sure. You know, it's like when you see these reports of animals escaping from the zoo. You know, it's unfortunate, like with tigers that escape from the zoo, running rampant around a community, mm-hmm. they don't dart those. They usually shoot them. Yeah. Because there's just no way around it. There's no instantaneous sedation that works. But they do have dart guns for aggressive animals. Um, and those are things that we take very seriously. We go out, we, we, we try, but we also need community help because, you know, sometimes we'll have dogs that are loose in the neighborhood and, we get the complaint. We go out and we say, hey, can we set a trap up, which requires the, someone to monitor the trap. Well, they'll, sometimes people will do it. Sometimes people won't. We also have traps that we set up to catch an animal that may be aggressive. And we get a report that's an animal in the trap. And then someone lets the animal out of the trap. So 
Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to take these things a little seriously when we're, we're trying to do things and it's harder for us to do them with, without the public's help. And let's talk about dangerous dog for a second because that is a, it's a designation. It's, it's yes, a it court is. ordered designation. Yes, it is. And it has a lot of, it, it takes a while to get to that designation, but then the designation also holds uh, quite a bit of um, things with it that you have to comply with. Absolutely. So typically this happens in bite cases. Officer will go out on a bite case. There's a bite. There's, there are three separate classifications or qualifications for a dog to be declared dangerous. You know, it's a significant bite. Um, a significant, the person was significantly scared of the animal. And I'm not, I'm just kind of talking off the cuff here. I'm not giving the exact ordinance, but this is a state. It's the dangerous dog ordinance for, for the state of Georgia. Um, and what happens with these qualifications, what, what happens with this is the officer comes out, he'll, he'll designate the dog as dangerous. When that's made, then the owner of the dog has seven days to appeal that classification. If the appeal is not made within those, but I think within those days, then the classification holds. Mm-hmm. And what that means is a is a dangerous dog is there. You have to get an insurance policy on the dog specifically. It's twenty five hundred dollars or twenty five thousand dollars mm-hmm. a year. Um, you have to make adjustments in your environment to actually keep the dog in the environment. If it if it's at large, you have to make your fences have to be big enough to keep the dog in. You have to do other things when you take the dog in public. Sometimes you have to have the dog muzzled when it's in public. There's other things that go along with that. And the dog has to be registered as a dangerous dog. So you have to pay a fine and a fee. And that's a yearly fee with your registration tag. With your registration, it's $150. Okay. Um, the other thing that if the dog's not neutered or spayed, it has to be neutered or spayed and it has to be microchipped at that time. Okay. So these are all things to do before you get the dog back. Now, that's if you just accept it. If you don't accept it and you want to appeal that, then you file an appeal with, with Animal Services. It's just a, a short form that you fill out. Mm-hmm. And a hearing is conducted. And the hearing involves a hearing officer and three representatives from the community. There's just a, a person at large, someone from the health department, and someone from Animal Services. And it's like a court hearing. You go and you present your case, and the victim presents their case or whatever. And then that board will decide whether to uphold the classification to upgrade it to what they call vicious, which requires double the insurance, and then there are other qualifications with a vicious dog, or to throw to throw it out. And in some cases, you know, if it's, it really depends on the case whether or not they throw those things out. So those, that basically, in a nutshell, is how those things work. And it's not something that we take lightly. Yeah, it's not something where we're trying to euthanize the dog because yeah. we, you know, as as is, County agency, we can't mandate euthanasias, but it's more to protect the, protect the community from a dangerous dog. You know, if it does it once and it may do it again, we're trying to prevent that from happening again. So I assume um, while this while this process occurs, the dog is being held until uh, a judgment is made. Essentially, yes, the dog's kept at animal services until until the decision is made. Okay, and so when the dog is designated as dangerous, is it? Designate has that designation for the remainder of its life. Absolutely, it does. Okay. And there are some, you know, there are stipulations as far as like moving to another county, changing ownership, all these various things have to happen before you move a dangerous dog like that. Wow, I had no idea. Yes. So it's not just a an easy thing to have. You know, you say, oh well, my dog has 
been classified as a dangerous dog, there's a lot of consequences. There's a lot of con- consequences, and it's not it's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something that we take lightly, and it's not something that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like the biggest part of it is, and I guess people don't. You know, I get a lot of questions about that. I don't think people understand it to the degree that just because your dog is dangerous doesn't mean it's going to be euthanized. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there are going to be things that you have to go through, and some people can't afford those things. Some people can't handle, you know, can't do the things that are required. But, and there are a lot of times where people are, well, my dog's not dangerous. Well, in that situation, it was. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, what the the gist or the, the reason for the law is to have responsible dog owners. Sure. And we've done a lot of these cases where it's just most of the time, most of the cases that we see are completely preventable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what, like, dogs, they let their dog off a leash. To run around, they didn't kick the door closed. They knew the dog was dangerous, and the dog got past them at their front door and bit somebody at their front yard. Those kind of things, and it's just people need to be responsible. Mm-hmm. I have a, a question. So, have there been instances where the dog is designated as dangerous, and the owner still, I guess, is is it care more careful with a dog, and then it it bites someone else again? What happens then? In those cases, those dogs are, are automatically declared vicious. Okay. We haven't had any of those happen in Chatham County. Okay. Since Whoa, I've been that's, here, that's great. Because typically they're pretty. You know, it's you know a lot of times those dogs. You know, a lot of times these dogs that bite aren't. They're never released back to the owner. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of those dogs are euthanized because one they can't afford this or they don't want to do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But typically, if what happens with dogs that are declared dangerous is if they violate any of the anything with the dangerous the dangerous classification, then most of the time they're just basically promoted to vicious or we take the dog. Okay. Right. And, so, and with a vicious classification, what occurs there? You said that was a higher insurance? Yes, that's the high. And, it's $50,000 versus twenty five. Oh, wow. Oh, mm-hmm. goodness. Okay. And the, the premiums on that probably aren't cheap. No, they're not. Well, no, and that's, and it's, it's, unfortunately that it has to happen. I think that it's, it's the only way they could come up with to fairly treat these people that have let their dogs bite people, basically. No, I I think, I mean, that's one of those things where you have to be responsible and you have to take ownership of your dog and what your dog is doing. Right. Um, And sometimes I, I know with, with my dogs, my dogs can be a little rambunctious and stuff. And I, I often say to my husband, you can't let her nibble on you because then she's going to bite somebody and she's going right. to be a dangerous dog eventually. Um, right. But a lot of that comes back to training um, and how you interact with your pets. But then there are dogs that are just, they're they're aggressive in nature and um, they're going to have to be dealt with. Right. Um, but what, what other things besides this does animal services do? We provide rabies tags for the public. We register all the animals that are in Chatham County, mm-hmm. so that's one of the big that's one of the big things that we do. Um, you know, whether you when, whenever you get your dog vaccinated, you bring your rabies certificate mm-hmm. with um, with you to the to the shelter. You get a rabies tag. Sometimes some veterinarians in the county you can look at our website and they'll tell you that some veterinarians actually right. give you the tags. Um, we keep track of the registration. You know, we're responsible for taking in all the strays, and that's you know one of the questions I get a lot. And it's when we do pick up an animal that's a, a stray animal mm-hmm. and it's owned. Mm-hmm. Well, th- 
when they come to when you come to pick up your animal, there are fees involved with that. Okay. There's an impound fee. There's a boarding. You know, it's impound is thirty five dollars. Boarding per day is up to twenty, depending on whether it is. Mm-hmm. Um. So your dog's been there for five days. It could be a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Because the other thing that we do is every dog that comes into the shelter unknown is vaccinated. We give them and sure. you know distemper vaccine, Bordetella vaccine, and they're dewormed. It's more of a herd health kind of thing for the shelter, mm-hmm. but that's a, that goes back to the fees that you have to pay if your animal's found at large. So we have a lot of people that will say, "Well, I don't understand. I didn't let my dog be at large. Well, your dog, you weren't responsible enough to keep it from not being right. So you have to pay these fees, and that sometimes." shocks people when they get there to pick up their stray dog that they have to they have to pay but mm-hmm. that's well, part of you know, part of our care i mean we with these dogs are in our care we're feeding we're cleaning up after them we're vaccinating them providing veterinary care if they need it right and and this is all taxpayer funding right. that goes into animal services so charging those fees on the other side is is only fair Right, and it's significantly cheaper than you would get at a veterinarian for boarding your dog. So absolutely, so there's that. And and I'm just gonna be honest. You know, every one of my pets, if they got out and were at large and got picked up, I'd pay whatever I had to to get them back. They're my babies. Mm-hmm. I know you would feel the oh, same yeah. way about Zelda. Well, and I and I wanted to mention because this this was uh, we talked about this in a previous episode. Um, you mentioned that if there's a microchip and they're picked up by someone um animal services a lot of times they can just be dropped back off right Mm -hmm. so that can prevent those that prevents those fees fees. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times if the fee if it is something where the it's the same day type thing Mm -hmm. or 24 hours or there's some extenuating circumstances Mm -hmm. regarding this then you know sometimes the fees can be waived yeah doesn't Mm -hmm. happen a lot Mm -hmm. but it does and i think you know one of the things that we're working on is actually like you know if people will come into compliance with like spay and neutering their animals, we mm-hmm. will you know, sometimes weigh the fees there. But there are that, that's it surprises me sometimes to know that people don't realize the fees, and then well, I can't pay it, so then they don't come. To, the animal's still there, and they wait three or four more days, and they come back. Well, I can pay it now. Well, it's ten more. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. thirty more dollars now, mm-hmm. right? And they just don't get that. And I think that that's first. It's frustrating for people. Um, but one of the things I will say is with the stray hold. Mm-hmm. Stray holds five days. So what that means is, after the five days that an, of an animal being there, it legally becomes the property of Chatham County. Right. We have a lot of people that come in on day seven, day eight, and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I just found, my, you know, I just realized that's my dog." Mm-hmm. Most of those times, we turn, you know, they it's the same thing. You know, they're still there, mm-hmm. so they can still pick them up. But the problem with that is, if something happens. Because that because on day five it becomes our property. They're talking, you know, those dogs may be sent to a rescue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They may be adopted. Right. And so once that happens, there's really no legal way to, for you to get your dog back. Right. And we've had cases where we've made exceptions, and we've had cases where things happen. But in most cases, like that's just it becomes our property. They whoever takes it next time. Right. right. Unfortunately, well, or fortunately, I guess. In the state of Georgia, animals are property, so yeah. that that happens. Um, same thing with cats after three days, and that's you know, that's one of the things we kind of struggle with with cats is because people that have outside cats may not look for their cat. Right, that's true. Yeah, for two or three days because he didn't come home because most cats eat at seven different places. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes they don't look, but 
what we try to do is have to, you know, we have record of them being there. We, you know, people break out, so we take pictures, lost bet stuff. So mm-hmm. people just need to be aware and you know, keep an eye on where their animals are. Abby, any final thoughts for this episode? Um, no, I think I, I think that pretty much covers my questions that I had regarding um, other services that are provided. Nicholas, any final thoughts for you today? No, I think I'm good. I think Dr. Harper covered everything. Dr. Harper, final thoughts? Just that if you have an emergency, you know, I was going to talk about priority calls real quick. Okay. Priority calls are dangerous animals, mm-hmm. injured animals, mm-hmm. and animals that have bitten somebody. Those are okay. the three big ones. Those take priority. Those are something that should be, we respond to overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, if you call us at six, if you have something happen at seven o'clock at night, you call 911, they get our officer on call, they come, the police department and us, we will come out on those emergency things. The other things like animals and traps or, you know, like dogs at large, those type mm-hmm. things that are just kind of run around your neighborhood. Right. Those are less priority calls and those are stuff that we handle during the day. Yeah. During business, normal during business, business hours. Eight to five. So I just wanted to get that right. And that's, you know, we can either be, you know, typically people call the non-emergency line or they call us our line directly because we have a dispatcher that works at the shelter. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to call that 5227. I always forget the number, 6525275. Okay. To call that number to get in touch with somebody. And that that number is also on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to um, chathamcountyga.gov, click on residents, and then... Um, animals and pets and you can find that number and all the information that we've pretty much talked about in our podcast um is is there um i just i have one final thought um and that is i want to thank the staff at the shelter you guys do a very hard job having to to work with with animals sometimes animals that are not in good health um animals that have seem like they're unwanted um, and that's a, that's a very hard job and you guys are, you get a bad rap as the dog catcher or right. animal control. Right. Um, but our animal services staff is very caring. They, they do love the animals. They want to see them find homes. Um, so I encourage people to, to go into animal services, look through the animals, make sure that if you have a lost or, um, missing animal that it isn't there. Um, but also encourage people to come adopt. And while you're there, thank the shelter staff. Uh, you guys do a, an incredibly hard job, and we really, truly appreciate it. It's a service that is needed to this county and to our residents. Thank you. I'll tell them they do, they do an excellent job. And I tell you, it's, it's not an easy job. When I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always say this, and it, it's become kind of a joke, but it's not. When I first started as a veterinarian, and they'd bring straight, and I'd look at these animals they're bringing them, I, I always look at them like, this is somebody's dog. Uh-huh. You know, they come with a collar on. They come in and look right. like they just got groomed. Mm-hmm. And I would say, this is somebody's dog. And then the stock answer was like, yeah, they're all somebody's dog. Uh-huh. So I think that's something, you know, it just, it shocks me every day. But I think that, you know, dealing with what we deal with, I think we do a relatively good job. And the staff does a really good job doing, they holding do. it together and doing what we need to do every day. Well, I just wanted to thank you because it's, sometimes it's a, it's a thankless job. Um, and they really need to know that they are appreciated. So, all right. Well, if you need any more information about animal services, you can head to the website or you guys can call the office uh, during normal business hours. They can answer your questions. And we hope to see you again next time on the chat.